Hey, church family, thank you so much for signing on tonight. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go ahead and grab those. We're going to be in John chapter 5, and we're going to be continuing through our series that Pastor started called Approachable, and it's looking at the pivotal questions and the life and ministry of Jesus. Um, never in my life have I seen in humanity and our society more brokenness. And so tonight, the, the question is this. In verse 6 in this passage, Jesus asked this lame man, do you want to be healed? Um, when you first encounter, encounter that question, and we know that this man has been lame in this condition for 38 years, you think, why in the world would Jesus even ask that question? Um, but an introspective look in your own life and reflection of your own brokenness, um, guys, we are, not, we are not perfect people. And often we carry brokenness that we're keenly aware of around in our life, and we allow it to stay in our life, but we know that God is the solution to it. And so tonight, I just want you to press into the Lord um, in your own heart and life because primarily every time we encounter the word, it should be an introspective look. Is there any brokenness for you as a believer that's in your life that God is just saying, hey, bring me that brokenness, I can fix that. Um, and are we willing as believers to pray for our society, pray for our country, and pray for our world in a way that's asking God to bring healing? Um, and so tonight, when we look at this, that first off, I want you to know that we're talking about physical lame people that are being healed, but the truth is this, and you can write it down, God's greatest work in your life is not going to be physical, it's going to be spiritual. And so we're going to be looking at it in the context of our spiritual heart condition, our spiritual life condition. Look what he says in verse 1. It says, after this, uh, there was a feast for the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and now there in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool, an Aramaic called Bethesda. And two things I want you to know is this. The sheep gate, this was the gate that um, the shepherds would bring the sheep through that are going to be temple sacrifices and temple offerings. And so the pool there was called Bethesda, which means house of grace. Um, continuing there, it says, which had five roof porticos, um, and these are just um, these patios, and it says, there laid a multitude of invalid, blind, lame, and paralyzed. A couple things I want you to know is this. In that picture, when Jesus is there, he's seeing this large multitude of people that um, are lame, or blind, or paralyzed. He's also seeing these shepherds bringing in these sheep, and he, being the Lamb of God, is standing there. And the, again, the concept is Bethesda being the house of grace. Everything in Jesus's ministry is pictured at this moment. You have the sacrifice, the sheep, and him being the lamb of God. You have the multitude, which is the need, um, this broken population of people, and then you have the temple. And so in this, you have the picture of what God was going to do through the life of, of Christ. He was going to be our sacrifice. He came for broken people, and also he brought um, reconciliation between holy God and broken humanity. And so here are a couple of things. Our spiritual heart condition apart from the Lord is the first thing that we're going to look at. The first thing and aspect is this, that we are blind to truth. In your heart and life, apart from God revealing truth to you, you and I are blind to it. Um, second is this, we are broken and wrecked or lame in our sin. That we, it says, for all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. So in your heart and life, you're not only blind to truth, but you're broken in your sin. And then the third is this, we are paralyzed to fix our heart condition. We are paralyzed to, to fix our, our spiritual condition. 
Um, that's in the moment of salvation. And for me, it was in Panama City. It was a church camp that this church um, put on when I was in transitioning between eighth grade and ninth grade year. Um, early on in my life, I'd had a baptism experience, but man, I'd never had heart change and life change. And so I was at that camp there for the wrong reasons, but on the last night of camp, man, I encountered God. God spoke to my heart and he revealed to me I'd never truly trusted him as Lord and Savior. And that night, I laid down my life for, for him, and God totally changed and transformed my life. And that was a point of spiritual blindness walking away, spiritual healing for my, my sinful condition. And, and again, I was paralyzed to fix my need, but God was the one that came in and fixed my need. Um, but that took place at the moment of salvation. But the truth is, for us as believers, anytime we walk away from reliance on God, we become blind to truth, broken in sin, and paralyzed to fix our condition. And so tonight, as we look at this, I want you to put yourself in the position of being this man that Jesus is speaking to. And then also look around you at people that this might also apply to you, because we're going to look at four ways this is a legitimate question, and then also four ways that we can be praying. Look what he says here in verse, um, verse 4. As for an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool to stir the water, and whoever was first after the stirring of the water stepped into this and was made well from whatever affirmities he had. Just pause there. Some of your translations, that verse is gone. It's removed. It's because um, the earliest transcripts, this, this verse is not in. And so it was added later on for two specific reasons. Warren Wearsby speaks on this. Um, first off, to give explanation of this population of people large multitude of people gathered there in that one location. Um, then also it gives explanation to the man's response in verse 7. But look what he says in verse 5. He says, one man was there who had been invalid for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him laying there, he knew that he had already been there for a long time. And he asked him this question, do you want to be healed? And so just pausing here tonight, just for a second, I want you to think in your heart and life. Is there anything in your heart and life that you know, man, I need healing in this area. God has revealed it to you. You're keenly aware of it. Are you willing to give that to God? Do you actually want healing in that area? Um, maybe you um, are living currently in line with what God wants you to do. Look around you right now in your family, in society, in our nation, our world. Is there anybody right now that, man, you know they're a believer in Christ or they are lost, do they need God's healing work in them? And so as we move forward, these are the four reasons why this is a legitimate question. The first is this, we find community with our broken people, with other broken people, and we get comfortable in our brokenness. This is the first thing that I've seen. I've been doing student ministry now for 16 years, and um, I obviously have been around for 42. And so I know and have seen in my own heart and life, some of the times when I am willing to stay in brokenness is because I've surrounded myself with other broken people, that nobody's pushing me to love and pursue God more. Or maybe in those seasons in your life, you have surrounded your, yourself with people that are speaking brokenness into your heart and life. I want you to write this down. Maybe the first step out of your brokenness is stepping away from the broken people you've surrounded yourself with. Maybe the first step of you leaving brokenness is, is leaving those people that are broken around you. Uh, for me, uh, just a point of illustration, because when I think about this, it, um, I, I go back to the past three years I've gone to Uganda with a group of people from this church. 
And Uganda in any international mission trip is just such a unbelievable religious experience in my heart and life. Like it pushes me to love Jesus more and serve him more purely. Um, but it is a long, grueling trip. Uh, the first year it took 36 hours to get to the location that we were staying in. And so uh, to think about that, traveling for all of that period of time, not only going there, but coming back. Um, and coming back, this was the point of illustration I was thinking about. Man, you have been serving in a third world country. You've been working in a refugee camp. You are dirty. You are sweaty. You've been traveling in small vehicles. You've hopped on a plane you've had a layover, and then you're coming back to America. And so you are totally cool with the, the group of people that you're with because everybody is dirty, everybody's smelly, everybody is in the same condition. But as soon as you hit American soil, the people in Atlanta, they haven't been traveling for 36 hours. They have not been to a third world country, most of them at least, serving, uh, serving on mission. And so you realize, man, I am filthy, like I need a shower. Um, guys, some of the greatest things that we can do in our spiritual journey is have people around you that are actually loving and pursuing Christ, that, that are spurring you on. And that's what scripture says that we should do. And so our prayer is this, pray that their eyes would be open to their brokenness and that we as believers would be faithful to the gospel. So it's, it's praying that their eyes would be open and that also we as believers would be faithful to the gospel. If you have your Bibles, I want you to look at this. Matthew chapter 9, Matthew chapter 9, um, starting in verse 36. It says this, um, when Jesus saw the crowd, so Jesus is looking again at another multitude of people. It says, he had compassion on them because they were harassed, helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And when he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. And so again, this prayer is that their eyes would be open to their brokenness. Um, and then also that we as believers would be faithful to the gospel. Two things that we have to have in our spiritual heart when we're praying this prayer. First off is this, that we have to have compassion for their spiritual condition. The question for you as believers listening to this message tonight, man, do you have compassion for broken people around you? When you look at our society, are you like a Pharisee? And guys, I, I say this, to you, but I'm also preaching this to me. When I look at society and the brokenness in, in society, am I taking it as a judgmental thought, like I can't believe these people are in this, this condition? And think about Jesus had every right and ability to position himself in that way. He was a lamb of God. He was wholly pure. But his response was, he had compassion on them because they were harassed, helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. So the first thing that we have to have if we're going to pray this prayer with legitimate spiritual heart is we have to have compassion for the people. And then the second is this, we have to be willing to be the solution. Here Jesus is praying this prayer. He says, ask the Lord of the harvest, his father, to send out workers into the harvest field. And that was a prayer over 2,000 years ago. But the solution of the prayer is the person sitting in my seat and the person sitting in your seat that God is calling us as believers to go into those broken environments and to be the light of Christ in them. And so the question again tonight is this, are you willing to do that? And can you pray this prayer with sincerity? Point number two is this, the reason why that, that this is a legitimate question. I again, look what he says in verse five. He says, a man had been there for 30, or had been dealing with this illness for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him laying there, he knew that he had already been there for a long time time in this condition. So point number two is this, 
We can be in our broken condition so long that we think this is just the way life is. This is such a help, helpless thought to think that, that people are in this broken condition. And guys, to be honest, there have been times in my life that I've done that as well. Dealt with sin issue for so long, you just think, man, this is just the way life is. And maybe in your heart and life, that's the way it is as well. Um, point of illustration would be this, like it's a, a easy fix for God. It, it is something that he can easily do, but we just live and exist in that space for so long that we think, man, I, I'm just gonna live out my days dealing with this sin issue. Our, our society is gonna live out um, these days without a renewal, spiritual renewal or revival. And, and just that's the way it's gonna be. It's kind of like my kids. Um, early on, it took us a while to, to teach them how to uh, tie their, their shoestrings. And I don't know if it's because I'm just bad at it and I'm a bad teacher in that way, but my kids would run around the house or run around the neighborhood or outside with their shoes untied and eventually they would trip and fall. Uh, but if they took pause and realized, man, I can't fix my problem, but I'm gonna go to my mom or go to my dad and, and they can tie it up and, and the problem is fixed. Guys, a lot of times we just need to take pause and realize, man, God, I can't fix this issue, but you trust that he can. Um, the prayer is this. Pray that they would know that God has the ability to give them new life. I encourage you, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians. This passage of Scripture is so amazing because God has the ability to transform their, their eternity and transform their life. This is what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 9. It says, Do you know, or sorry, do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither sexual immoral, idolaters, adulterers, male prostitutes, homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkard, nor slandered, nor swindler will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what you were, some of you. I want you to underline that if you have your Bibles. In verse 11, and that was what some of you were. But look what he says here. He says, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of Jesus Christ by his spirit or by the spirit of God. If you underline in your Bible, man, that's just such a powerful statement that was made there that we were broken. We were all of these examples that Paul just communicated, but it says we were washed, sanctified, justified by Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God. In your heart and life, I want you to write this down. God is eternal and his power is infinite. God is eternal, meaning that you're saying, I've been in this condition so long, for this man, 38 years. And you just think, man, this is the way life is. Man, God is eternal. And whatever your brokenness is, God has the ability to bring healing to it and to restore it. In your heart and life, man, I just think that passage for all of us, man, should be a point of celebration, God. Thank you for washing me. Thank you for sanctifying me. Thank you for justifying me. That all of that is an act of worship. And so here again, that, that prayer point is this, man, pray that they would know that God has the ability to give them new life. In your heart and life, if you've got brokenness, again, first introspective, man, know that God can restore that brokenness inside of you, that he can bring beauty to those ashes in your life. And then also, if you're looking towards our society or a person in your life, man, believe that God has the ability to do it and, and pray that God would open their eyes to that as well. Point number three is this. Look what he says in verse seven. He says, the sick man answered him, sir, I have no men to put me into the pool when the water is stirred. 
but while I'm coming in, another steps down before me. So point number three is this. The reason why this is a legitimate question, do you want to be healed? We blame others for us staying in our broken condition or we're looking to the wrong solution. In your heart and life, man, are you looking external for things to be the solution to the thing that God can only bring solution or resolution to? Um, For me, it's like having um, my two kids, Caleb and Chaney. Um, I love my kids. They are awesome. Um, But if you ask your kid why they didn't do something or why they did something, what's the first thing that they say? Do they take ownership of it? Absolutely not. Like they, they, we are kings and queens at coming up with excuses. You see it in uh, Genesis where, you know, original sin falls in. They begin to blame each other. In your heart and life, are you looking to Jesus and saying, you know what? My brokenness is my brokenness. And God, you are the solution to it. So here's the truth. We don't have to, we don't need a person. We don't need a pool and we don't need an angel. We need Jesus in your heart and life, understanding that in your brokenness, the thing that you need is the person of Christ. So I want you to write this down. Don't look to a person or a thing to be the solution to your problem. A couple of weeks back, there were times that God speaks to you and you know, man, God, you are speaking, or times that you're reading the word and and you, you feel like God's speaking to you. And then there's other times that it feels like God just grabbed a frying pan and smacked you in the head with it. You know, man, God, you are speaking to my heart and soul. Um, Well, the past three months, obviously for all of us, have been difficult times. Um, There was a season about probably a month ago, I was dealing with just being unsettled in heart and mind and spirit, being satisfied with what was going on. And I remember waking up one morning and God speaking so clear to my spirit. And he said this, Garrett, you will never be satisfied with something external that the only thing that's gonna bring satisfaction to your mind and to your soul is me. And guys, it was like, and I know that that's a obvious thing for us as believers to know about ourselves and know about God, but it was like God speaking that to my spirit and the, the veil being ripped open to the truth and understanding, God, you are so right because in my heart and mind, I can be so discontent. I can be discontent with with conditions around me. I can be discontent with my view towards the future or my view towards the past. But the thing is this, the only thing that's going to bring true contentment and satisfaction in your heart and mind is the person of Jesus. So this is how we pray in these moments. Pray this, pray that they would stop looking to others and see Jesus as the solution to their need. You legitimately going before the Lord and saying, God, you know what? In my mind and heart, if this prayer is specifically for you, God, help me to see that you are the solution to the thing that I'm longing for and that those other things are not going to satisfy. And for them, that God would open their eyes to that truth as well. Um, Point number four, and again, as we look at this being a legitimate question, this isn't spoken to in the text, but it's revealed through through our human interactions with God and with our own brokenness. So I'll, I'll tell you the point first, and we'll look at the passage. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Mark chapter 10, Um, But the the point is this, we receive some kind of gratification from our brokenness and we choose it over the restoration God offers. Woo! When you think about in your heart and life, uh, again, that question, we receive some kind of gratification from our brokenness and we choose it over the restoration of God. I would say this is the pinnacle point of being broken, 
spiritually. That we are, we know that this is a broken thing in our life. But man, we are receiving so much fleshly gratification in it that we're unwilling to be restored back to God. Um, again, in Mark 10, starting in verse 21, it says this, Jesus looked at him and loved him. Again, when you look at that passage, and this is the interaction with the rich young ruler, um, Jesus had compassion. He, he says, Jesus looked at him and he loved him. And he says, one thing that you lack, he said, go and sell everything that you have and give it to the poor and you will have your treasure in heaven. And he says, then come and follow me. And so not only did he have compassion, but he had the invitation of Christ. In verse 22, it says this, at this the man's face fell and he went away sad because he had great wealth. If God pointed to the area of your brokenness right now or the brokenness in our society, are we willing to lay those things down and willing to turn to Christ and say, God, restore me? In your heart and mind right now, are you willing to cry out, God, restore me, God, whatever fleshly gratification that I'm receiving from this, God, I, I surrender it to you, and God, I want you to restore me. I can't imagine that man in that condition. And guys, there have been times in my life where I've been interfaced with that decision. I'm sure times that I chose the fleshly gratification over the restoration of the Lord. I remember, again, my 11th grade year here at this church. My 11th grade year, man, I had so much brokenness going on in my life. Um, that year, I had pursued Christ for, for two years, really just as I came to Christ and grew a lot in my faith, but I ended up falling into a sinful pattern in my life, and um, I stopped coming to church on a regular basis. I stopped surrounding myself with the right people, and I was invited to a church event here at this, at this church again, and I remember going into that, that session and going into that weekend thinking, God, I'm going because these people want me here, but I'm not going to be um, a listening ear to you. And God, whatever you tell me, I'm just going to continue to walk in this brokenness. And I remember the last, it seems like every time for me at least, it's been kind of the last opportunity. But God speaking to me that last night, and I remember coming down in this room to this, this location, my 11th grade year, and God speaking to my heart saying, Garrett, you can either hold on to this sinful brokenness or you can surrender it to me. And guys, at that moment, I, I surrendered that thing to God because I knew, man, this could affect the rest of my life. And in your heart and life right now, are you that person that this thing, this brokenness, could affect the rest of your life? Or are you going to hold on to it? The prayer is this. Pray that they would come to their senses and know Christ alone satisfies. Um, Luke 15, 7, this is um, the parable of um, the prodigal son. But it says this in verse 17, it says, but when he came to his senses, and guys, that needs to be in our hearts and lives anytime because it can be big or it can be small. Sin may start small, but eventually it's gonna be overwhelming. It's like kudzu, it just spreads throughout your heart and life. Um, but here it says that he came to his senses and he said, how many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread, but I am dying here with hunger? And pray that for your life and pray that for the people around you, that we would become dissatisfied with sin and that we would see that God is the one that brings actual consolation to our soul and satisfies the spirit that's gonna last. So here we are, when we receive healing, this is where we're moving. So this man not only 
um, understands his brokenness, but now he receives the healing from the Lord. Verse 8, it says, Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed. He took up his bed and he walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. And so the Jews had said to the man who had been healed, it is a Sabbath and it is unlawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, the man who healed me, that man said to me, take up your bed and walk. And then he asked them, who is the man who said this to you? Take up your bed and walk. The first point is this, when we receive spiritual healing, the first thing that we need to understand, expect opposition. Expect opposition. And it can come at any time in your heart and life. Um, you think about this. This was the pinnacle of this man's entire life. For 38 years, he's been in this broken condition. And now he's received healing. And now he's receiving persecution because of the healing that he's received. Um, and then also, it can come from unexpected locations. The, these Jews that were in the temple, religious leaders, they were chastising him for carrying his mat. Um, in your heart and life, there are going to be people around you when you really give your brokenness over to God, you're going to have prayerfully people that come around you and immediately start applauding like, man, praise God, God brought healing to your life, spiritual healing to your life. Um, but then you're also going to face persecution. Those people that don't want to see you live out the freedom in Christ because what that does is it exposes their brokenness. Um, we, our brokenness is never more revealed than when healed, restored people are around us. And so that's why persecution takes place. Uh, number two is this. Look what he says in verse 13. It says, now the man who had been healed did not know who he was. And so he didn't know Jesus. It says here, um, it says, for Jesus had withdrawn and there was a crowd in the place. And so in this location, Jesus brought healing, told the man to stand up and take up his mat. And then um, for whatever reason, Jesus retreated away from that person and they did not know who did that action. So point number two is this, give God credit and praise. In your heart and life, give God actual credit and praise for what he's done. And you can write this down, our healing becomes his witness. That should be the goal in our life, that the healing in our life should become his witness. Um, how many times in your life have you had God do something in your life in, in a restoring type of way, and because um, you, you just took that thing selfishly and took it on for yourself, you didn't give adequate praise to God. I, I've done that in times past. I'm sure on a daily basis, God is actively at work in my life. But the question is this, are you giving God credit and praise? And then point number three is this. Look what he says in verse 14. After Jesus found him in the temple, he said to him, see, you are well. Sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. Again, look what he says. After Jesus found him in the temple, he said to him, see, you are well, sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. Here's the point. Remain faithful to the Lord. And when God does this healing activity in your life, remain faithful to the person of Christ. Um, don't, don't just allow those things to take place in your life and be a, a, just a, a point in your life Allow it to be, man, just redefining who you are and the message of your heart and life. Galatians 5.1 says this, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm then and do, um, do not be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. In your life right now, man, is there er any area of your life that you realize, man, I am broken and I'm in need of God to bring healing, restoring work in my life. So here in closing, there are two final questions 
Do you want to be healed? And then the other is this, are you willing to pray for the healing of other people? In your heart and life, man, are you, is there any area, again, at the very beginning of this message, I ask you to take an introspective look at your own life and to, to reflect on, God, is there any area of brokenness in my life that I truly need to bring to you? And then the other aspect is this, are we as believers willing to pray for the healing of the people around me? And so that's what I wanna do as we close out tonight. Again, thank you for signing on. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would search each of our lives. God, I pray that you would reveal in us any brokenness, any area that we need healing in. Father, I pray that you as, as King, as Lord, would stir in our heart a passion uh, to not only long for healing for ourselves, but then also that we would long for the healing of our nation, society, and friends. God, thank you so much for doing this. We ask all these things in your Son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen.